Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Fisher, pelvic floor physical therapist in Kansas City Clinic in Overland Park and in Lee Summit, Missouri. So here's the thing. This week, we're going to switch things up a little bit. I'm being interviewed by Rachel Main. We did an episode with her last week regarding intimacy and really working with our space and sprucing up the relationship a little bit. This week, tables have turned and I'm being interviewed on men, pelvic health, male pelvic health. All right. So listen in, get a little gist of your male counterpart of what can be happening to them, the type of patients we see in the clinic and ways that they can improve it. Okay. So here we go. And before we get started with this episode, go ahead and like, subscribe to the channel, share with friends, please, relatives, anybody you may know, and let's get started. Hey, Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. All right. Hey, 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 everyone. We're back for another episode today. We have the amazing Amanda Fisher back with us. She's been on the show several times, all the way from Kansas City, right? You got it. I know. During the Super Bowl season, I'm always like, you know, I'm a Kansas City fan because my girl, Amanda. I appreciate that. Yeah, your people, you like, you are always so gun ho around that. And I, I support that. If, you know, big <laughs> fans, like, I want to be part of the big fan group. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. We've had various conversations on pelvic health, so I'm excited to join in the fun on this one. Yeah, same. And I think it's something that when people see the title of this episode, like men's pelvic floor health, they're going to think, wait, what? Because primarily you think women when you think of pelvic floor, but even since meeting you and even learning about pelvic floor physical therapy, when I bring this up in conversations with friends or colleagues, even they're like, wait, what? Like a pelvic floor physical therapist? What even, what even is that? You know? And uh, then, yeah, you throw, throw this in the conversation with the male generation. Then they're like even more looking at you like you have three heads. So I'm, I'm excited for this conversation today. (laughs) Thank you. I, um, just got back from a funeral as we had discussed earlier, but I was at the wake with, um, family members and I had multiple family members sit there and tell me, oh my God, I just saw your poop video and I had to wake my husband up in the bed. And honey, do you remember seeing this video last night? This is the girl. It was just like so funny to me that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's finally connecting that because it did for the longest time used to be, oh, women's health, it must be a a female problem. And that's not the issue. The public floor is multiple male and female, it's just little things kind of change here and there. And otherwise, it's the same thing for both both of us. Yeah. 
And yeah, and the similar symptoms that a man or a woman might be experiencing, which we'll get into today, can be related to your pelvic floor. And I I just feel like it's something that is so overlooked, you know, and we talked a lot about Kegels and then over Kegeling and all these different things. And again, it's it seems just like another thing that we have to add to our awareness, you know, <laughs> I already have to, as you said, like I'm making sure I'm exercising, I'm making sure I'm drinking enough water, I'm doing my self help, which actually today, when we're recording, today is National uh, Self Care Day. I didn't know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a, if you know, people listening to this, well, it won't be National Self Care Day for you, but you could still practice self care today by loving yes. I love that. That must be why I'm not going to lie. I got an email this morning. It was like National Orgasm Day. It's like, uh-huh. oh, how fun is this? I love this. I like, so maybe yeah. this definitely tie in together. Yes. I definitely thought National Orgasm Day was on the 31st. It's coming up, right? It's coming up. Okay. That could have been a... Maybe they're pressed. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I haven't opened it yet. So that's probably what it is. Yeah. I bet you it's prepping you. Yeah. So cool. So tell us, let's just start with the general, like your your pelvic floor. What do we need to know about it? What is its function? Okay. All that good stuff. Yeah. So the pelvic floor is a group of muscles. I think that's the misconception that most people think is that it's one muscle. Your pelvic floor is one muscle doing the job or not doing the job that it needs to do. And it's really a group of about 28 different muscles down there. So if you think like if you've done a group project with 28 people, there's lots of room for error, right? And lots of room for type A personalities to do a lot and type B personalities to sit back and maybe not do as much. That's how I think about the pelvic floor. So it should function well. All 28 muscles together should function well and hold back gas, hold back urine when we don't need to go. It should move with our diaphragm, our breathing muscle. So when we breathe in, our lungs expand, our diaphragm pushes everything down. And when we exhale, everything comes back up. So the pressure pushes down the pelvic floor, lengthens it out on an inhale. As you blow out, it comes back up. It aids in sexual function. So it helps with orgasm. It helps with arousal and all that fun stuff down there. And that's usually like the first layer of muscles. And then it has sphincteric control, meaning you have muscles around your openings down there that should be able to close things off and then open up when we need it to release things out. So it should function that way. It always gets me every time when people say like, oh, I peed my pants. Like, it's so normal to do that after having kids, or it's normal doing that at my age. But if you think about the muscles, their job is to hold things back and then let things out when they're ready. And so we never say like, it's normal to have back pain, or it's normal to roll your ankle with an activity. But for some reason, with the muscles down there, it's kind of gotten this trend or Mm-hmm. Um, misconception that 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 is normal. But I like to say it's common, but it's not normal. The normal thing is to keep our goodies in, keep the fluid in when we need to, right? Or to keep those things functioning well. But then when we do need to go to the bathroom, number one or number two, things should be able to come out. So things should function well. Um, again, that team approach, most often when we're not seeing things function well, that's when the group project is not going well. And we have more muscles in an area of the pelvic floor that are behaving one way or the other, meaning they might be more tight, more high strung. We have more nerve sensitivity in the back. So sometimes when we even try to do a Kegel, we may over-focus back in those muscles. Or in today's society, we're sitting a lot, whether we are driving in our cars, where we're sitting on Zoom, 
we might be sitting with poor posture and that poor posture can affect how those pelvic floor muscles are working. Maybe again, overworking by the more seated posture we have, the more tight they are. So more often than not, it's very common for the pelvic floor to be more tight than truly just weak, which is completely different than when I got into this field in 2011, we thought like, oh, everybody's pelvic floors are weak if they're leaking and they're having issues down there. Everything's just, and you know, it's been stretched out. Well, I started having issues at 21. So I was like, how am I stretched out? Like I'm an athlete. I was an avid runner right outside of high school sports, jumped into like half marathon running. And I was like, how am I peeing my pants already at the age of 21? Like things aren't just weak down there. I'm a strong human. Something else is going on. And luckily, a couple other pelvic floor PTs at that time started to think outside the box of like, there's more than true weakness happening down there, which was pretty amazing. So then for the last decade, we've been seeing that actually more patients that are coming in have more tension, tightness in their back, in their hips, in their pelvic floor than true weakness. So a lot to be said that goes into the pelvic floor muscles and how they function. It's not just looking at the pelvic floor muscles themselves, but we truly like to look at the hips and the low back and how everything's functioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if somebody is is experiencing symptoms related to either too tight or, or a weak pelvic floor, those would look similar. Not They're not so much associated correct. with gender. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely correct. And so often, like the muscles that, I'm sorry, the nerves that come from your spine, because they come from your spinal cord, and then they shoot off to different areas in your body. And the muscles um, around the nerves in our low back and in our pelvis, they can get super tight by our posture. So then nerves are really finicky. They like space, movement, and blood flow. But if the muscles are tight around them, they can't have their space to move Mm -hmm. or get increased blood flow. So then things get angry and agitated and less functioning how we want them to. So I think a lot of times too, in the pelvic floor world, a lot of pelvic floor PTs will focus just on the pelvic floor. And we've got to really think outside the box. Like, okay, why are those muscles tight? Let's look at the hips. Let's look at their back. Let's look how they're lifting. Let's look how they're walking. Let's look how they're doing single leg activities during their day-to-day job that may be affecting how those muscles are functioning or not functioning well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, when you said like the sitting for work and on Zoom calls and the poor posture, I, not to make this about me, but I've been experiencing like some really bad tailbone of recent. And I know yeah. I've been sitting here doing my client calls and stuff and I get up and I'm like, God damn it, it's back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to sit on those sit bones if we can to just help lengthen the pelvic floor in a decent way or in between your Zoom calls, making sure that you have more than five minutes where maybe you can get up, do a deep squat to stretch out the pelvic floor or like cat cows or child's pose, something where you can move it in the opposite direction of where it's been for the last hour on a call is really beneficial because then you're getting that space movement and blood flow just by taking it in a different direction. Yeah. Sometimes I even feel just literally laying flat just laying flat and breathing, I could feel my, I could like just feel it decompressing. And yes. I'm just breathing like my back will crack a little bit, just like little tiny cracks. I'm like, man, it's just, but yeah, that getting up in between calls or someone that if they're in a field where they're driving all the time, you know, if you're making a stop, like getting, getting actually out of the car and, you know, walking around for a minute, if you can. Yeah. 
And I love for those patients too, like if they are sitting all day, laying on their belly is a perfect place. And it may be uncomfortable for patients. So if it's uncomfortable, we say put a pillow underneath their belly just to flatten out that back curve a little bit. But that allows the nerves to really open up and move to the area that maybe they were squished in our 90-90 sitting, like I'm sitting in a chair. So I'll tell patients, you know what, go home, lay on your elbows on your belly, prop yourself up so we can get some of this vagal nerve support, which is really great for the gut and our full body. And watch 30 seconds to three minutes of the TV. If you can tolerate that, see how long you can go into it. And then Try that out each day. Like my husband has to do this now when he comes home from work because he had bouts of tailbone pain. First, he thought was sitting at work, you know, and then it caused other things. Like I'm hearing the stream of urine change, which I'm like, oh, we've got a tight pelvic floor, buddy. And he's like, you know, way too much. So I'm like, you need to lay on your belly. He's like, I just need a stand-up desk. What does he do? He gets a stand-up desk. Same issues still continue. I still have that tailbone pain. Well, let's see how you're standing. He's still standing in a tuck butt position. They just lean their hips forward and they like hinge it, tuck that butt. So I'm like, okay, last chance. I need you to lay on your belly and then we can move through some other activities, but you've got to open up the nerves that supply that area. Sure as heck, he lays on his belly every single day now and he's got exercises he follows with that because he doesn't want to go back to the tailbone pain. And I don't think he wants me to get onto him listening to his urine stream to know if he's stressed or has a tight pelvic floor. But that's just like a little insight for him. That's his job. That's what he does all day. That's not changing. But what can we do to help accommodate that so that you can be more comfortable while you're doing that for an eight-hour day? Yeah. Yeah. So laying on the belly and and like looking up almost like you're... Yep. So he props up on his forearms and then it causes some extension to the cervical spine too. So if you think a lot of us are on our cell phones with our head down, we're flexed around all that tissue. So that can cause upper trap pain. The cervical spine connects to your pelvic floor and you can test this out yourself too. So if we're hindering tightness in the neck, that can cause issues with vocal cords. Your vocal cords, you can place your hand on your pelvic floor while you're sitting here. But if you talk real low, you can feel your pelvic floor kind of drop down. And if you talk you can feel your pelvic floor go up. This all connects with that pelvic floor and you can change that by changing your vocal cords or the tension and tightness in your spine. So we want to make sure that they are getting more mobility and movement there to support the full body. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm making mental notes for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you're saying, like, yes, the neck pain, like all the things. So for that, but we want to focus on men today. So enough of health. Yes. <laughs> okay. So for men, primarily with their pelvic floor health. So aside from like lower back pain and things like that, that would be attuned to more both genders. What are things specifically that men might experience if they're having pelvic floor dysfunction? Yep. What we see that comes into our clinic here in Kansas City is they're usually coming in with scrotal pain tip of the penis pain, urinary frequency, or trouble urinating. So I mentioned my husband, it would be like a start-stop kind of flow, which makes me think the muscles aren't completely relaxing to let it go. What we find... Oh, and then post-prostectomy. So that might be our men that have their prostate removed. Maybe they have prostate cancer or just higher levels. And when that's removed, that might cause some incontinence for them, some bladder leakage. But 
So often what we find besides the post-prostectomy, a lot of our men, and I could almost probably nine times out of 10, it'll come down to how active are they? And they're usually like, oh, I don't have any time in my life to be active. And it's like, okay, we've got to create it a schedule for you to be active and get your body moving. How much caffeine are you drinking? And most often it's like, oh, I'm drinking eight cups of coffee and I might have eight ounces of water. So we have to work on that as well. And then they're in such a, such a high stress anxiety job or something in life is going that's very stressful and high anxiety ridden that we've got to work on just calming techniques as well. And if we can work on those three with a couple of exercises, usually those things fix pretty quickly. I've had more men. And then again, I do believe men have maybe more time and I'm probably going to get scrutiny for this, but my men are like, I have a problem down there. I'm getting it fixed. I'm going to do everything Amanda says. And usually by one or two visits, they're like in and out, done. Everything's great. Thank you so much. Where I think my female population you know, your brain might be on other things that you're doing and maybe they're not laser focused or don't think their problem is bad enough since we usually toss it to the side and then come back to it later where men are like, "Uh, hello, there's something going on here and I can't live with it anymore. Let's get her done because they don't want that pain at the scrotum and they don't want the the penis pain and they want to know what's going on. But just like our female population, they've been to multiple providers before they actually find us. And it's usually some kind of Facebook group or their partner or a doctor finally is like, oh, have you tried pelvic floor physical therapy? That's a great option for you. Let's send you in. And then they come in and they're like, I don't want to be here. I'm like, I understand. So let's see what's going on. Here are some ideas and let's figure out how to get you better. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually a lot of it for them though, because of the lack of activity, their tissues tight. Mm -hmm. So if we can just get them moving and I start low, like, hey, could we take a 10 minute walk at lunch? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can get away from my computer. Do you take lunch? Maybe let's start there and then get them up and just getting blood flow down there. And they're like, wow, I feel so much better. I'm like, I know. Let's get you out in the vitamin D, get you some sunshine. And then that kind of just amplifies. And we like to stay in contact with our patients here. If it's a week where we're not seeing you you know, week to week is how we do our appointments. And throughout those next seven days, we're staying in contact via email or text message if it needs to be, but trying to just be your little coach and keep you accountable to the couple of things that we've maybe suggested that then we can modify or progress as we need to before you come back in Mm -hmm. instead of you waiting for that. But like if it's eight cups of coffee, I'm not taking coffee from you, but I'm adding in some water. And usually by just adding in some water, the coffee starts to decrease a little bit on its own because they're like, I can't drink that much and not pee. I'm like, no, you need to pee. Promise you need to pee, but let's add in some more of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you say coffee, but I think, I mean, thinking of just even my own husband, like the energy drinks, Mm -hmm. even his, his friends, it's primarily energy drinks is is nice for them. Energy drinks, and we've had um, pop or soda, whatever you guys call it in your area, that people are drinking. Um, and sometimes it's like whiskey and Coke. We get some people who are exasper- exasperated by pelvic pain who are drinking while playing poker. And they're like, that's when my symptoms occur. And you're like, okay, you might be stressed out in the game that you're playing, but then 
the drink that you're making, let's how many are you drinking? Can we cut that back a little bit? What are some things we can do before you go into the poker tournament that can help alleviate some of the symptoms? So we're not taking away something you love, but let's modify it and see if we can make it better for you. Yeah, I like that. Because I think when you look at a lot of people's lifestyles, if it's if you're asking too much essentially of them, right? Like a job change, even if you're someone that drives all day or sitting all day, it's like, we're not going to ask you to quit your job, you know, and somebody wouldn't do that likely to get the relief. So I like that modification and really adapting the, the your techniques that you can give them to the lifestyle that they're already living. Yeah. I've only had one guy that it was like, maybe the job's a little stressful. Let's figure out how to make it not so stressful. And he came in the next week and he's like, I retired. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? It was like, it was kind of the sign I needed just to get out of there and alleviate the public floor tension. I was like, okay, make sure your wife knows that I did not say that. Like, it was just, let's work on some coping mechanisms of while we're at work. And then it was, hey, I retired. Congratulations. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And there was something else you said that I wanted to double click on is when you said, you know, for men, if they're experiencing penis pain or testicular pain or anything like that, like right away, they're like, what the fuck, right? They're going to get this right. look. And I'm thinking more on this. I'm like, I feel because that's their masculinity, right? Like that, that is their manhood. That is just how society raises men about their penises and comparing penises, you know, all of that penis health stuff. And then for women, as you were saying too, it's like for women that are experiencing pain with sex or leaky bladders or anything like that, we see it as just so common, you know, like because other women are experiencing this as normal, but you don't hear men likely talking about their penis pain to other men, even if they are experiencing it. No. And so even like, I've had this clinic six, a little over six years now, and I cannot think of a time when a male said, you know what, it's just too much money to come into PT, or it's not that bad. So I'm just going to, I'll just stick with my symptoms and I'll contact you guys later. Where women were hearing this on a weekly basis. Like, you know what, let me just try it out for a couple months on what I learned. And I'll be back. Like my men are, they come in, they will not miss an appointment and they get better fast because they do that. They stick to their schedule. And it may be a couple visits, it may be four visits, and they're dealing with chronic pelvic pain as well. My women, we're dealing with chronic pelvic pain, but they will just talk themselves out of it and put themselves back on the back burner. And go do other things or help other people out or just in there. I feel like they're just getting in their head way more than the men are that I wish we could have that male mentality for this. Yeah. And why do you think that, as you said, a lot of times people go from doctor to doctor to doctor, and then eventually, hopefully somebody mentions pelvic floor PT. Why do you think that is? Why isn't it? Because if it is so quick in a lot of ways and no surgery involved, right? Like, pretty painless for the most part. Why isn't this something that is kind of suggested up front and then go through the MRI and the x-ray and all this other shit that they make people go through? I think, well, number one, if they're using insurance, sometimes insurance will suggest that they have to have the MRI or the CAT scan or CT scan first Mm -hmm. in order to go to PT or um, another route. So that's one. Number two, I think For the doctor, it's not a money-making thing for them to send them to pelvic floor PT. Mm -hmm. So they want to see like, what all can we do within our scope? And I could be wrong with that. But And then again, insurance plays a role. 
for us, our job, like my main job is to keep them with their physician, but let's improve your outcome. So even if they are having surgery, an automatic referral to us just to test tissue, maybe one visit after a post-prostectomy visit, that could benefit them. But even like, I even hear issues just along like the baseball fields or soccer fields of men um, that, you know, oh, my buddy got a vasectomy and then he's been having issues with XYZ. And I'm like, man, like send him to pelvic floor PT. But those, it's not well known enough, especially out here in Kansas City, because we're a more conservative area that pelvic floor PT is the a great option for them. Yeah. And then another thing, not all pelvic floor PTs treat men, which I think is really sad because again, their pelvic floors are just like anybody else's pelvic floor, except the clitoris becomes a penis and a couple of the muscles change in position and name and that's it. Yeah. But we know I went to, I mentioned this to you, like I went to a um, sexual health conference in March. So March, 2023, back in St. Louis this past year. And it was just it was amazing to sit in with some of these docs and listen to all the research that they're doing. But as pelvic floor PT, it was also like, well, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's how we're treating it. And so what happened was one of the doctors was like, you know what? We're seeing these men with testicular pain and scrotal pain that, or the tip of the penis pain. And we're, we were doing these nerve tests and we're finding that, you know what, guys, a lot of this stuff's coming from the spine. It's coming from the back because those nerves wrap around to the pelvis out into that tissue. And the pelvic floor PTs that were sitting there were like, yes, that's why we treat this area because the nerves supply that tissue. And we can't just laser in on just the penis and look at the penis and see like, why at the tip is this an issue? Is it hypersensitivity here? Is it being squished somewhere in a pair of underwear? Like what's happening? No, we have to look at the big picture to see what is supplying the penis and the scrotum. And that goes back to the nerves, which are in the spine. So we have to look at all of that. We have to look at strength and stability within the hips and the pelvis to get a big enough picture for us to understand where all the puzzle pieces need to go for that patient. Yeah. So I just thought that was very interesting to hear. Great to hear on ISAN. Like, great. That's how we've been treating. That's wonderful. We'll continue to do that. But enlightening to docs of like, oh, maybe we should send them to public floor PT. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we will have more referrals of men's health into public floor PT. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I wanted to ask too, um, Again, I, I want this is going to be a great resource for my male clients. I already know this. And so I want to ask specifically pelvic floor PT related to erectile dysfunction. And so they're not being able to maintain an erection, get an erection. And then would it also correlate with premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation, perhaps? What are your thoughts on those things? So my first thought is always with anything with erectile dysfunction, talk to your cardiologist, talk to your heart doc, make sure your heart's functioning well, because that's our first and foremost of what does really control the blood flow down there. Mm-hmm. So we've got to make sure your heart's functioning well. When you get checked out and that's going well, maybe don't jump right to a pill to make things improve down there. Let's think about the muscles that also support. So If we're a more like couch potato type of person and our muscles are maybe more weak and not as strong and stable down there, that could play an effect in how that tissue is working because those muscles move when we move. They strengthen when we strengthen. So if we're going to sit all day on the couch and Netflix through a whole bunch of shows, we can't expect those muscles to be, you know, up to par. So making sure we're in an exercise routine to help out down there. Sometimes 
a lot of it comes psychology, you know, just like we talked about intimacy last week and pleasure and environment and all that, that can play into the male population as well. With the premature ejaculation stuff, it's, it can come down to the psychology piece, but I also, because of like the stress and environment of maybe what they're experiencing too. So learning to do more let go type of exercises as well, like mobility, cat cow, diaphragmatic breathing. And when I say diaphragmatic breathing, it's more breathing into the ribs and then letting those ribs come back down. And I love breathing into the ribs for an amount of time, like in for four seconds, maybe hold for seven, out for eight, for more anxiety improvement and stress improvement, especially with the pelvic floor. Like my husband who was peeing like a jump start type of urine. That's a more high tone pelvic floor, more anxiety, more stress. We're going to work on breathing with mobility exercises. And then when you're in cat cow or child's pose, we're going to do that same type of breathing to get that pelvic floor to focus down. And you're going to think of your sits bones, your bony butt back here, focus on those areas and breathing into that tissue. But then maybe for him, like strength wise, doing hip hinges can also help activate that tissue. So as you hinge back, those sits bones are going to lengthen up or lengthen out. As you come up to standing, they're going to come back together. So we can work on eccentrically loading that tissue, meaning slow control movement. Exhale, bring that weight up to strengthen the pelvic floor too. So you want a good support of like glutes and pelvic floor to really get full function of that area, but don't discount other things like going to therapy and talking some of that out or seeing someone like you and working on the environment side of it too, to help get your, your mind in the the right place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've in my work, I primarily hear that ED related things are 90%, 99%, I would almost say mental related, but there is that small percentage where it is the more physical focus. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, like getting the heart checked out, talking to a public floor, like getting the physical side checked and then that a lot of times for people is is easier. And I think then that's their kind of the green light to like, okay, I should probably talk to somebody about this. It's probably that, you know, I've been rushing to orgasm my entire life. And so then that's happening, you know, during sex or something. I mean, it's all related. Yeah, I know. Right. If you're going to train for sprints, well, then sprints are going to happen. If we're going to train for a long distance run, well, then we'll get better at long distance endurance. So the same thing goes for that activity down there. Yeah. Mm. So good. So, so good. Uh, Well, this was such a great informative conversation. And so we've, I'm just trying to go in my checklist here that we had in our head. Is there, is there anything that I didn't cover that we plan to talk about? I don't think so. I think my biggest thing, like so often we go to an orthopedic PT, orthopedic physical therapist. So a sports med physical therapist for like low back pain. But if you have your low back pain and you're experiencing urgency or bladder incontinence, any kind of bladder issues, bowel issues, tip of the penis pain, problem with arousal um, or orgasm, all of that stuff, guys, lay into the pelvic floor. So keep that in mind. So the next time if you go to a sports med PT and you're like, man, that didn't help. We probably didn't go full force into a specialty that could help clear things up a little sooner. Because mm-hmm. We treat, especially at our clinic and a lot of pelvic floor PT clinics, like all we treat is pelvic floor. So when low back pain comes in, we're still thinking that back, that spine is connected to the pelvis, which is connected to the hip bone. Okay. We're looking at the big picture and 
So if that is you and you're experiencing those things, make sure you reach out to a public floor PT, even just to say like, hey, can I do a free 15 minute call and see if I'm a good candidate for this would be highly ideal. Yeah. And really recommended the harm. I mean, maybe you pay, you do pay out of pocket and I'm assuming a set, you know, visit is probably a couple hundred dollars, but what really could it harm? If anything, you're probably going to get some good breathing techniques. You're probably going to get some information and education around what you're experiencing, you know? And like you said, Amanda, it's like a lot of times it could be a one or two, maybe a three session thing and you're done. And so if that can essentially heal, you know, these, these pretty severe symptoms that you're experiencing, or even if they're just mild and just kind of annoying, if that can help heal it, what, yeah. What do you have to do? (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And I know that we've talked uh, recommendations before on the podcast, but just so we can have them here again, fresh, if somebody was looking for a pelvic floor physical therapist, where would they go about finding one? Yeah. So there's a couple different places. One would be the APTA. It's the American Physical Therapy Association. Not all of us are on there, but that's one option. Number two would be pelvicguru.com. Another option. And then I always tell people like first, just go into Google and put in pelvic floor physical therapist in your city and see what pops up. And then if you're wondering if, hey, does this person do men's health? Go on their website. Can't find it on their website. Give them a call. And if you need to, you can always reach out to somebody like myself and we can help guide you because I know the certain pelvic floor PTs in the area. I know like the best pelvic floor male pelvic floor PT in the States is Dr. Susie Gronsky and she's out in Asheville, North Carolina. She's one of my favorites and um, she's amazing. So that would be one if you guys are in that area, like you've got the queen bee herself right there, go see her. But she does do virtual consults with those patients as well. Yeah. And if somebody was listening to this and wanted to do like a free virtual consult with you, even if they weren't local to you, would that would you recommend that or would you recommend? Absolutely. Yes. And people ask all the time, like we have Wellness Wednesday questions on our Instagram and people, I mean, it's hands down every week. Hey, can you tell me a PT in California? Can you give me a PT in Portland, Oregon? I answer them and um, I may not answer that one specifically to everyone, but everybody who asks a question gets it answered personally. So even if it comes to you directly, and if I don't know, I will typically say, I don't know, but I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Let you know. Yes. As always, like Amanda, you are such a great resource and I'm so, so thankful for the work that you do and for coming on the show. So thank you. Thank you, Rachel. I can't wait to meet you in person one day. <laughs> I'm going to give you a big old hug. Ah, same. I know. I need to come to Kansas City during football season. And- <gasps> yes. Yes. That would be amazing. That'd be fun. And where can people find you if they're wanting to get in contact with you? Yes. Our website is empoweryourpelvis.com. And then on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, it's empoweryourpelvis. On Instagram, it's empower.your.pelvis. Yes. Yes. Give them a follow. You will probably laugh at their reels because (laughs) the crew is also very hilarious. But you promise you, you're going to learn something just in that, like opening up that first page. And you're probably going to see a reel or a post or something that you think, Oh, this is me. <laughs> so yeah, thank Very you. Very common, guys. Not normal, but it's common. So just keep that in mind. For sure. Well, thanks again for this conversation. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. 
can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace out pelvic posse.